to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm joined by Matt Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? What it do? <laughs> I don't want to talk about this, Matt, but we're going to talk about it. Before we get into it, and it is a big it this week, let me remind you to follow us on Twitter for all my sad reactions at NBA Couch GM Pod <laughs> and on Instagram at Couch GM Podcasts. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play and Stitcher. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review. A quick recap of episode 39. Katie and Kyrie teaming up in Brooklyn. Philly shaking things up by tra- trading Jimmy Butler and signing Al Horford and Tobias Harris, which seemed like 10 years ago. D'Angelo Russell gets sent to Golden State in a sign-and-trade. And then we talked about other moves across the NBA that we may have loved or hated. Matt, we're here for one big topic. Kawhi Leonard is now part of the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh my. <laughs> oh my is a way to put it. There's some other things that happened too, but we'll talk about it. Uh, I mean, what? this is like the most quiet thing ever, right? Like in the middle of the night. When I mean, it's like almost midnight Pacific time, work-wise, hanging out. For us, it's like 1, 2 in the morning, you know? And it's just, just a tweet from Chris Haynes. <laughs> Beat Woj to it by a minute. And just... Kawhi Leonard signing with the Clippers, like that's that's all it was. <laughs> like what a what a wild like thing to do. Like is this the most like free agent like sneaky thing ever? Well, the word being thrown out stealthy. Yeah. Like like this dude like we're all just like you know is he going back to Toronto? Oh, he's had all these meetings with the Lakers. Is these last like four days it's been Lakers hype, Lakers hype, Lakers hype, and then. He's signing with the Clippers. Like, that's the most Kawhi thing ever. It's so good. It makes me, like, good for the Clippers, one, for, like, getting out from the Lakers' shadow because, uh, by the way, they run L.A. now. They do. Um, Good for them for going out and landing that free agent. We always talk about, like, I mean, are the Clippers, like, kind of a small market team even though they're in L.A.? Turns out you get smart management and a good coach in there. Things can happen. What do you know? I mean, if you're LA, this was this is what you've been building for. Yeah. Like, this is what Steve Ballmer's just wanted. Like this was this was it. This, you just build this good team. And you get in that position, you offer Kawhi, like, look, we can pay you four years, hundred and forty two million. I know it's not as much as Toronto can pay you. I mean you're giving up like fifty million dollars right now in that fifth year. But LA and let's see what we can do. And Kawhi took it. And if you're L.A., like, this is, to me, this is the biggest thing to happen in this franchise's history. Because, and this is a point I, I heard brought up once and I wanted to bring it up also, it's such a game-changing move for them because for the first time, a superstar picked L.A. Think about it, like, Blake and DeAndre Jordan were drafted yeah. by the Clippers. They didn't choose to go to the Clippers. Like, maybe in a nice situation, but, like, they didn't choose to go there. CP3 was traded to the Lakers and then untraded (laughs) and then traded to the Clippers. Like, he didn't want to be there either. Right. And then it was just fighting when they were there. Like, let's face it, the Clippers history before then wasn't that great either. And since then, like, it's been, it's been all right. It's been fine. It's been, like, you slow build up to this point and someone picked them. And then you get more news later of someone else saying, you know, I'll go there too. 
like this is everything for the Clippers to be like, not only did we take Kawhi from the Lakers essentially, but he wanted to come here. Yeah. And it's like, we've been talking about it all year with Clippers. Like, man, they've just made smart move after smart move after smart move. And like, it just all lined up. We talked about it with Brooklyn last episode. Is like, they just had cap space at the right time and yeah. a ton of good players and the right picks to make the right moves. And that's what it came down to. Like from, like if you want to date back to trading Blake, they signed Blake Griffin to that Supermax, trade him for Tobias Harris and a whole bunch of assets, flip Tobias Harris for even more assets. Mm-hmm. And then they flipped all those assets again. While, while remaining competitive through right. all this too. And they, they didn't just go in the bottom of the tank. Right. Like, they were still fighting there and made the playoffs through all that. And then you're right. Then they, they were able to cash all that in now. The pedigree of the last two years and all the like the actual NBA assets. Like That's just everything. And, and what we've talked about, I feel like in this almost year we've been doing this podcast is you have to build your team the right way. Like You have to do it smart. Like Don't overpay. Don't reach. Don't trade for cap space in february like <laughs> do things the right way and like this move the kd to to brooklyn move Kyrie going to brooklyn teaming up with him too it just shows you why competency and good management and good coaching is so important like yes la and new york have a have a certain allure that other places just can't match like you you can't change geography but if you do all those other things right like that matters and especially in those markets you saw a lakers team in la and a knicks team in new york where they didn't do those things and the all those extra perks that come with being in the city it's like didn't matter anymore the two that did it right got the guys and maybe this just shows like the ultimate shift that the nba is going through is guys are like Kawhi, i'll turn down 50 million dollars in that fifth year go to la not the lakers because that's the right situation. Like that's what's going to build my career more the way I want it to be built. I to the NBA, like this has got to be like we're in a whole different ballgame now. Like this is this free agency is nothing like the NBA has seen. Yeah. Even twenty sixteen, not yeah. the same. I mean, that's the crazy thing about this is that like players are more and more not even teaming up, but like choosing wanting to win. And, like, that hasn't mm-hmm. always been the case. I think the one free agent that kind of stands out is Jimmy Butler. He's kind of mm-hmm. chosen destination over, per se, winning current in the current status yeah. of the team they went to. But um, so many of these guys have chosen to, to try to win championships because there is this vacuum that is left by KD going to Brooklyn uh, and the Warriors, and felt it feels like there's a really good opportunity to maybe get a couple championships here. Yeah, and I think the players across the league kind of feel that, along with the management and coaching and everything else that goes along with the NBA. Mm-hmm. Quick aside, I, I don't think Miami's done. I don't think Jimmy went there just being like, "Yeah, I'm cool with how it is." Um, That's true. I'm sure they they still got some more moves up their sleeve. I don't know how they're doing it because they have no more draft picks. It feels like because they <laughs> traded all their future first for the rest of forever, but. They have players they can trade. They do have players. They have a lot of good tradable contracts. But getting back to the the Clippers and then kind of that comparison with Brooklyn, another takeaway I had, like, really trying to diagnose, like, why would Kawhi do this move? Something that was important to me and 
I think we've seen play out with Kawhi. Obviously, like we don't know the guy, and it seems like no one does. He didn't like how tough situations in San Antonio were handled. It was pop. He told us what to do. Tim Duncan did it, and everyone else followed suit. Right. And that that's obviously worked great for the Spurs. And like, I'm not like dissing, like, because it's worked to multiple championships. He didn't like how his situation though got handled. He didn't think everything was handled the right way. He goes to Toronto and he sees things can be handled the right way. He got to kind of be the man, be the one in charge, calling the shots. He liked that. And to me, and I think you see that with KD too, like Oklahoma City, like, yeah, he was there. He gave a lot of good years to Oklahoma City. They, they trade James Harden and nothing, they never win that championship. Yeah. They, they dump Serge Ibaka and then he walks a, a few days later. For me, like KD, and then he goes to Golden State, and he sees things mostly done the right way. You, obviously, we can get into like the is building that ultra mega super team the right way, but they handled business the right way, and he liked that. So then you see like two the two franchises these guys went to the Clippers. How I mean, yeah, the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan thing ended up being a mess. They reconciled that, like they made it through that and like handled it out the right way. They sent all those guys to pretty good situations. Honestly, and they made it, the team still work. The Brooklyn Nets had like the ultimate catastrophe of all catastrophes of Kevin <laughs> Garnett, Paul Pierce, and you gave up how much for like a year of these guys, like right. well past their prime. And three years ago, they were dead in the water, and now they've somehow made it to like a competitive playoff team with a bunch of nobodies. Like it, those franchises are just show like we had major adversity, we had stars. It didn't work, but we figured out how to handle the situation the right way and rebuild nicely and be competitive. I I wonder, are the Kawhi-type guys, the Kyrie, the KD-type guys, like these superstars who are like, what do I like want in a team? Do I just want to get paid? Do I want to win a chip? Do I want to be in a good situation? Like They are looking at these things now. Yeah. If they, for whatever reason, weren't or not really looking at it before... These these things matter now. Very clearly, like ownership matters now. Like who's running this team? What, what do they do at the trade deadlines? Like what are they willing to do for their players? Yeah, all that matters now. And there's pre like multiple year precedent matters now. That's a good point. I think like we always talk about how players we have like instant access to them on social media, and so like anything they do on social media is going to be blasted to the world. Mm -hmm. Same can be said about teams. Like oh yeah, stuff gets around about like. Woj po uh, tweeting stuff out and like so these rumors you get hear them around the league and I think you made an excellent point in that like that stuff tra like we're worried about that stuff travels really well in the NBA so like if you're not taking care of your guys the right way like you're just never gonna sign a free agent yeah like Charlotte's a prime example of that like oh, I find it so funny you brought them up because I just scrolling across across my Twitter feed I see this like tweet by the Hornets from Mitch Kupchak it's like a quote of his we feel like if he was in the draft this year, Terry Rozier would have been a lottery pick. Oh, God. And it's just like, dude, quit trying to justify this signing. Like, right. you screwed up. Um, well, that's, I mean. But, like, but, like, just, like, it's like, that's a dumb statement. Why would you make that statement? Like, right. You don't need to say that. Like, we're, maybe you were prompted in an interview, but you just said, like, we like Terry. We feel like he can be a good piece for us moving forward. That's all you have to say. You, you don't have, have to, to make, like amp up your dude. Yeah, yeah. go make like weird comparisons and then, like, <laughs> okay, this is weird. You just like Kemba walk and now you're saying like, what are you doing? Right. Like, these whole things like they matter because people just see it now. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's all just blasted everywhere. And, like, players are plugged in. Like, yeah. someone around their group is plugged in. Yeah. And they're, it's going to get back to them. It will. Um, another point I want to make about the Clippers before we move on to the other piece of this is that I find it fascinating that the team who acted most like Kawhi just went dead silent, right? We mm-hmm. heard nothing about the Clippers. Lakers were shouting from the rooftops, we're getting Kawhi. They paint the murals. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, Kawhi's not a Laker. Maybe you should handle your business like the way mm. your star, star you're trying to court wants to handle their business. Just a thought. Hmm. Just a food for thought, you know? Way to throw that out there. Man, well, only... let's get to the sad part of this, Matt. Sad part? For me, it's sad. Okay. Uh, so we've been alluding to it, been hinting at it. So Kawhi wasn't going to the Clippers by himself. And it makes sense. He wants to win still. That I mean, this dude's a, just won the finals and finals MVP. Like, dude's a winner. Wants to win. He's like, I'm not going to average by myself. <laughs> you know what? You know who's not a free agent, but I'm going to make him a free agent? <laughs> Paul George. Apparently, yeah. Like, uh, th- I didn't hear any. Uh, there, there was no. Again, stealth. There was not nothing. I mean, like, Oklahoma City really deals in a lot of, like, stealth. Like, they're they pretty do. quiet. Um, they're. But, like, nothing from Paul George grumbling about anything. And then this morning I wake up and all of a sudden Paul George is a clipper. I double-checked my phone to make sure it wasn't broken. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, you've, I, I talked about it earlier. You just keep making the right moves and you have all these assets to trade for a superstar like Paul George. And, like, that's clippers were just in the right spot yeah. at the right time. And. And Paul George, you know, obviously like he just re-signed that deal with Oklahoma City last summer. So it's like, this dude's locked up for like the next four years. He can walk into Sam Presti's office all he wants and be like, hey, I want out. I want to go to the Clippers. I mean, Sam Presti, like, he can say no. But I think he said in an interview with Ramona Shelburne um, in a piece she put out shortly thereafter, yeah, you can say no, but you're in a year or two, you're in which you would have said yes. Because it just makes a bigger situation. Out of, out of all of it. And when I read that and I really started thinking about it, you know, I was just like, just in my mind, I know this didn't happen, but I just like imagined Kawhi just flying out to Oklahoma City, going into <laughs> Sam Presti's office, just looking him in the eyes, and he, he's like, you're going to trade Paul George to the LA. Clippers. And Presti's like, no. And Kawhi just stares at him. And just, just sits there and stares at him. Doesn't even say anything. And Presti's like, all right. <laughs> Like, that's just how I imagine this going down. Like, because Kawhi, like, he's, we never thought of him as, like, that guy. Like, this right. masterful recruiter shaping the NBA. And this dude just went and did, like, the ultimate changing the landscape. Not only going to the Clippers, but taking PG with him and screwing, like, the just NBA Finals champion team and his new biggest rival in the process. Like, that's yeah. incredible by Kawhi. Like, just straight up. I mean, he essentially took out two competitors with... Yeah. I mean, three competitors, if you think about Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, with one stone. And... That's some LeBron-level stuff. That I mean, that is, is, it goes into a whole other conversation, but Kawhi is the best player on the planet right now. Feels like it. Like, he, he doesn't get this kind of attention from everyone. Like, everyone was waiting on Kawhi's decision. Yeah. This is unheard of like there are people who sure like got signed like malcolm brogdon not like gonna affect the Kawhi signing like neither one of those guys are taking market from either one of um, either player it's just so impressive to me that Kawhi was just like 
I'm going to be quiet for six days. And then, yep, I'm signing with Clippers. Like, it's just crazy. That's it. Like, uh, and I like a point you made there, is that we've seen the unhappy superstar play out several times. Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, whoever you want to say. And, like, the assets they got back were not as good as what the Thunder were able to get. Because the Thunder were able to essentially put Toronto and the Clippers in a bidding war. Yeah. And, like, they got the most amount back for Paul George that you could possibly get even more um, because he was coming off a MVP caliber season. So I kind of like, this isn't like Katie leaving where you got nothing, yeah. like absolutely nothing for him. And it, it feels, I mean, it's a big blow for the franchise because it's a superstar who is walking again, but it's not, you know, you're set up for a rebuild now, yeah. which is a big deal. I think I texted you earlier. It was a backbreaker in a different way. Yeah. With KD, like, you built Oklahoma City around this guy. Like, he, like, played that year in Seattle, and they moved down here, and he was the face. Like, he was faces the literally brand-new franchise in a brand-new state. Like, he was he was the guy. And then he, like you said, walked for nothing. At least this, like, Paul George, like, yeah, you need Paul George if you want to, like, be in the playoffs and, like, be a competitive team. But you got some back. You'd only been there for a couple years. You made the... You ended up making, honestly, probably the best out of that situation. But I think what the Thunder got back in this trade tells a lot about where the Thunder are going from here. Unfortunately, yes. Because, I mean, like we're saying, you got quite the haul back. Four unprotected first-round picks Oof. in the future. One lottery protected. Two pick swap uh, years. And then Danilo Gallinari and Shea Gildas-Alexander. So, I mean, you got... You got a lot. So three of those first round picks are from the Clippers. One's from Miami. And then the protected one's also from Miami. Which is like a like the 2021 unprotected Miami first round pick. It was a big pick to have. Who knows now with, with Jimmy Butler. But if like this team can't really do much in the next couple of years just because of how many contracts they have and no real space without sign-in trades or just normal trades throughout the year. Like, that could be like a decent like top twenty pick, just yeah. depending on exactly where it falls. Maybe closer to eighteen or or maybe twelve if Jimmy gets hurt at all. So it's like that's a, that's a pretty good pick. And who knows with the new lottery rules? I mean, if it's a ten or eleven, like yeah, it can move up quite a bit. And even like looking out, like we have no idea what the Clippers are gonna look like in twenty twenty six. Yeah, exactly. Twenty twenty five, twenty twenty four. Like, why am I? be done by that point like not re-signing with them because his contract would be up by then so like this is very real like you don't you don't know this far and saying we got into with the lakers and anthony davis in that trade i mean the lakers sold their future the yeah Clippers are doing the same thing yeah thankfully for them they had two picks just sitting there that were from miami they just weren't theirs but that's why you you create that space to take on mo harkless earlier in the week and that you get Miami to give you a pick and right. you use that pick to go get <laughs> Paul George Paul George like that's it like that's exactly why you do things the right way in a really smart strategic way well I mean like I, I forgot if we talked about it on the podcast or off air but we both said it was like man you just keep us acquiring these like good assets like you get Mo Harkless who can play for you yeah. tomorrow and a pick 
Of course you do that. For, for literally nothing. For nothing. You you were the third team in a trade. Like, yeah. you stumbled into that, but you said yes. Like that. You, you were in the position, though, to do it. Right. Whereas, like, for example, the Knicks. Like, they took <laughs> themselves out of position to do it. Right. And then wouldn't do it. So it's like... I'm not saying that would have totally like broken this deal. Like they would have made it happen. Still, they would have found a way. They would have included like Shamit instead of a pick or something like that, or pick or two. But like that's a to me like this is a really good haul in terms of picks for Oklahoma City, a team that you and I have talked about so much. Like, God, do they ever have their pick? <laughs> no. <laughs> feels feels like they never do, and they won't have the 2020 because the Jeremy Grant trade. I think. Yeah. Um. But you'll get a lot coming in after that. I think you're good after that. And with all these extra ones, you can build this team. But okay, you also acquired Shea Gildas Alexander. Just played his first year in the NBA. So young guy with ton of ton of promise. Looked like Who made like second team? I think so. Second team rookie? All, yeah. All NBA rookie. So team. it's like, okay, so clearly this die if you were to redraft, should have been a top ten pick, like easily. Now looking back at it, it's like Kayo, he's a point guard. Maybe he can play a little too, you know, off ball, but he's a he's a point guard. Um, there's this guy in Oklahoma City. He runs the town. His name's Russell Westbrook. Yes. So, how are you acquiring one of the best young point guards in the game when you're paying your star point guard like fifty bajillion dollars right now? <sighs> Uh, Russ is Russ is on the trade block. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like there was uh, going back to that Toronto, like uh, Presti was wanting to include Paul George and and Russell Westbrook to be sent to Toronto and and getting back Pascal Siakam as a part of the deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like we kind of briefly talked about it off air, but the fit. To find a place for Westbrook is going to be really tricky. Because he's getting paid a whole bunch of money. It's a lot of money. And not a lot of teams are going to want to take him on because of his age and where he's at in his contract. And his production and the way he shot this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a tough tough find. But I think you could probably sell another small market team on it on him. Oh, And what hurts is this is getting done so much later than all the other moves. Right. Like, these teams... Whether it's the Knicks or, or whomever else, they fill their cap space for the most part. Like we're down to like the guys who are getting paid five million a year or less. So it's like these teams have filled their space and Russell Westbrook's getting paid thirty eight million dollars next year. So you matching that's kinda tough because you can't just really take it into cap space anymore. You can trade guys into cap space. Like there aren't those teams anymore. No one has that money really anymore. Well, the Knicks are dumb and should have the cap they space. But they don't. Like, yeah. They're just out of that, that sweepstakes now, so it's like... And now right. the tricky part is you have to wait till December if you really want to trade the guys that everyone just signed. signed. Yeah, so you got to wait. So it's like, what are you doing for the first half of the year? Are you playing Russ like a lot? Like his like 38 minutes a game? Are you playing him like 25 and doing the Anthony Davis thing where he doesn't play fourth quarters? Like, what are you... What are you doing with the Russ? Like, I, this gets into, like, the Thunder very clearly now needed to find, like, what are their expectations for this year? Obviously, they don't have to announce it to the whole world, but, like, they have to have some very serious discussions. Like, what are we going to be? Yeah, we lost Paul George because OKC just doesn't compare to L.A., and we felt we got a good deal back. And I think you did. 
I really genuinely think you did. But what what are you doing now? Because your team looks something like, as currently constructed, Russ, Andre Robertson, Danilo Gallinari, Jeremy Grant, Steven Abb starting. Yikes, not a lot of shooting there. Um, <laughs> and then something like Schroeder, Shea, Terrence Ferguson recently signed Mike Muscala and Nerlens Noel off the bench. You got a couple youngish guys on the end of your bench. That's maybe a playoff team in the West. Uh, it's probably more than likely not a playoff team. You're, if we're being real brutally honest. You are fighting for the eight. You'll be fighting if you started out day one trying to get the eight seed and you went all 82 games trying to get the eight seed, you might get it. Yeah. That's kind of where that team's at. And for the Thunder, you and I have talked about, they've never really been bad since they moved to Oklahoma City. So, um, are you okay missing the playoffs this year? Or, or is it like, no, we got to get in. We're the Thunder. Like, we're Oklahoma City. We got to get in the playoffs. See what happens. Because I want them to get the eight seed and the Clippers get the one seed. <laughs> and I just want it so bad. Oh, Go my, for it. Um, oh, my goodness. But, like, this kind of sets up perfectly, right, with Billy Donovan. Isn't he, like, in the last year of his deal? Yeah, they extended him for another year, oh, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you can get out of it if you want. But, like, this team, like, you're in maybe the best time to hit the restart Reset. button. Yeah. But on some time, though, I can see, like, they're like, no, Russ is our guy. And Russ doesn't just miss the playoffs. It's not intentionally. So shoot for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One I thing mean, we know about Russell Westbrook, he'll shoot for it. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Um, yeah. I mean, like, we're three years removed now from that 2016 season where Russ carried the team and was mm-hmm. an MVP. And he's just not that player anymore. He doesn't have the legs for it, and it was abundantly clear, and I think that's one of the reasons probably Paul George wanted out was that Russ is just not the guy anymore. Can't be that guy. He was barely in the number two option. Right. And, uh, I mean, it's sad to say, but I think, uh, I mean, it's been reported that Russ and his agent are talking to Sam Presti about possibly finding him a trade destination. We talked about that, but... Whatever you can get back for Russ, honestly, is what you have to get back. And you yeah. might have to throw in a pick to make... I mean, like, it's probably the second worst contract behind John Walls in the league right now. Straight and, up swap him. And, oh, God. And John, <laughs> John Wall's not even playing the game right now. Like, he's not mm-hmm. able to play for another season. It's an unfortunate situation for OKC that now you're kind of stuck. I mean, this is what we talked about with Kemba is, like, you're... I mean, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Like, yeah. like if you sign them to the Supermax, you're screwed because your cap space is screwed. And if you don't, well, you're not taking care of your guy, and he's probably going to walk. Yeah. And, like, this is just the situation that OKC is in. And it's unfortunate, but you're where you're at right now. Send him to New Orleans. <laughs> oh, my God. I. Oh, man. Could you imagine that? Like, just Russell Westbrook and a whole bunch of young guys. Russell Westbrook. No, you keep Drew Holiday. Don't send Drew Holiday in that deal. <laughs> and for Holiday's on the books for the next three years, Russ is on the books for the next four. You'll have Zion in his rookie contract for the next four years. Like, come on. Let's do this. <laughs> it would be pretty awesome. Somehow get Lonzo and 
Ingram and, you know, just kind of make the salaries match, match. and work. And, but that's one of the probably, probably couldn't happen till December. But I, I don't know, like you can start brainstorming a few teams, but there aren't, there's not a long list of teams that I mean, can or will take on Russ. The only, like, I keep thinking about Minnesota. Minnesota's going to get yeah. thrown around a lot because of Wiggins. Um, Minnesota doesn't want Russ next to Carl Anthony Towns. Hey, you thought Jimmy Butler was bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, Russ is more of a, I don't know. Like, he's going to just have the ball too much in his hands yeah. for to work next to Carl Anthony Towns. I mentioned Orlando. The money's really tough to work out there because they have a bunch of young guys and not a lot of contracts to be able to build that out. I'm kind of scratching. I mean, that's Dallas, the thing, though. Like Dallas, maybe. I mean, you can get creative with this, but you know, it, it's tough. Like, it really, genuinely is tough to like make a rust trade work. And so that's what makes me wonder. Like, Sam Presti can look around the league. He can get creative. He can try and find some like unique packages that definitely work. But is this dude basically just playing on the ESPN trade machine? Like, what what in the world can, like, we do here? Right. You know, and it's just, like, there might be a situation where the Thunder are forced into, like, shoot, we got to shoot for the playoffs because we have no other options at this point in time. And maybe it works out for the Thunder. Maybe you can get that eight seed and you just pray the Clippers aren't the one. But, you know... It doesn't seem like there's a great situation here either way. Like, you got out of the Paul George potential mess best you can, but even from here, like... You're into the lion's den. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, it's tough. Also, the middle of the NBA is the worst place to be. We've said that a lot of times, but the Thunder could be... Don't they, just hover between 11 and 15. <laughs> that's the worst spot. That is the worst spot to be in. And the Thunder, if they hit the playoffs, that's... That's trying. That's exactly where they'd be. Um, Let's talk about the other team. The team who acquired Paul George and, oh, by the way, Kawhi Leonard. So we all we can rant and rave about, man, that was a good package for Oklahoma City. We'll go back to the point. We say it every single time. You get the star, you win the trade. (laughs) Because this trade wasn't just about getting Paul George. This is about getting Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So if it seems like a lot, it is a lot. They gave up a lot, but it's the only way they're getting Kawhi. Yeah. And you didn't just get him. You got him and Paul George. You got two of the ten best players in the league? Probably. Like, Paul George was a legit, like, top three MVP candidate up until, like, the last month of the year when he couldn't raise his arms. Oh, by the way, he had a shoulder issue. Yeah. He had to have surgery on both shoulders. Um, so, you know, he might miss, you know, the first couple weeks or month of the of the season, but... You got Kawhi and this and the rest of this roster, which you're probably starting something like, as of right now, with what you got on your team: Pat Beverly, Landry Shamit, Kawhi, Paul George, and Avaka Zubac, who played really well. They re-signed him um, today. And then your bench: you got the unstoppable pick and roll of Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. And then you got some nice little pieces. We mentioned Mo Harkless earlier, Rodney Magruder. They they just found like. I think like the Heat just like waved him at the end of the year, yeah, to for salary cap reasons, and they just like picked him up on like the last day of the year, and because they're like, this is a good player. When if we get him, we have restricted free agency rights on him, so they did, and they they re-signed him. You still have your first round pick from last year, Jerome Robinson, first round pick from this year, Fundu Kavangele, the big man out of Florida State, 
And then a couple nice young but experienced wings that can play five, ten minutes tomorrow. Cinderus Thornwell and Terrence Mann. You got a couple roster spots left. Go get a couple of lost veterans, and that's a that is quite the team. I mean, this is like Toronto 2.0 almost, except with better better superstar power, right? Like they just yeah got Kawhi and a whole bunch of depth, and that got them a championship last year. Did. Um, this, uh, I mean, from what the Clippers had from the big three in mm-hmm. when the CP3 days to now, this is incredible. Like, this is an incredible rebuild. Yeah, like, no one from that team is, like, here now. And it's completely, it feels like it's been rebuilt in the last, like, two years. Right. Just, like, straight up, like, Lou Williams, I guess, has been here since the CP3 trade and it's along with Montrez Harrell. But, like, yeah, like, this team, like, it feels brand new, but it somehow feels like it's been together. Like, yeah. It's, it's really weird. Like, they've just, on like, we've been preaching. They just handled things the right way. They just found good deals along the way, smart guys. You know, you reward a guy like Pat Beverly, who's played there a couple years with a, a good, but, like, not a terribly overpriced contract at 3 for 40 this offseason. You acquire Zubach and just a steal from the Lakers <laughs> mid-year. Like, just take advantage of them. Like Stole not one player, but three players from the Lakers, if incredible. you're counting at home. Zubach. Kawhi, um, PG, and Zubach. Because the Lakers could use starting center. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> like, again, just handle this so perfectly. So, yeah, just put all this roster with some minimum vets. Just, like, some ideas. Like, Shelvin Mack. PG could get Raymond Felton. Another there. contract, yeah. You know, let's bring Jamal Crawford back. It would be, it would mean everything to me if this dude came back and won a championship with this team. Like you need, like it, if he turns it down, I understand, but you need to call Jamal Crawford. Get yeah. this dude on the team, or like just you can go some other directions. They're not as fun, but like Dabo Cephalosha, Lance Thomas, Jonas Jurebko. Like you can still fill out like your last couple spots with those type of guys on vet minimums, and that's a that's a good team. That's a really good team. And even if Paul George needs the first month of the year off, that's still a well above 500 team to start the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Kawhi can... You feel good about, like, even if you need to rest Kawhi and PG, like, Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell stole two games from a healthy Golden State Warriors, like, essentially this year. This ran pick and roll a hundred times, and you can run this team out there and feel like you win against most teams, especially because there's no super team out there now. I'll say, just go. Yeah, I'll say all those Suns games this year. The Grizzlies aren't going to be good. You know, they're going to be learning and developing. Like never, like Kawhi should never play those teams. Right. PG should never play those teams. When you get that Eastern Conference team to come to you, Charlotte, don't get on the floor. Yeah. Just straight up, don't get on the floor. Like, Knicks, don't get on the floor. Like, there are going to be like, some really easy rest games for those guys. And then other ones you can build in there, too, Like if you're feeling good. or Send them against the Lakers just because. <laughs> That'd be so good. Uh, and then somehow still win the game on like Landry Shamit, like three in the corner. Like, that would be gold. So like, with all this said, like, this team has to be the favorite in the West to me. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> – yeah. I mean, like – there's not like a minus Golden State. Like, there's not really another team that can compete with this type of star power, right? Like, I mean, the As Lakers of right now, like the Lakers in theory, 
But who knows? Like, you have in, to try. You've been saying this since they traded for Andy Davis. You have to have yeah. five guys on the floor. <laughs> five guys. They're finally getting to that point where they have enough to field a, a basketball team now. But it's like if we just start thinking like what Kawhi did in Toronto, won, won a chip, chips in the dip. <laughs> Imagine what he could do with Paul George and essentially a, a similar roster in L.A. Like you got to think like that's a. 50 plus wins yeah i mean this is a two or one or two to me see yeah in the west and have what we talked about oklahoma city but i'm gonna bring in houston this yeah. past houston was passed at the lakers who share the same arena i think it's up there with utah and not much else yeah. i think that's it those there, are the two there, teams there's few other, but like that's just it like and all those teams like you can say like you know they're good teams or you know they got a couple guys at the top but it doesn't feel like many teams that have the stars have this depth or teams that have this depth have those stars at least established stars so it's like you gotta think like the clippers did all this and it took them from the eight seed up to the one and until i see differently like that's that's kind of how it has to be approached this year is the clippers are the team to beat in the west because everyone else looks brand new too like yeah. There's no returning juggernaut. Like, Golden right. State doesn't look the same. I mean, I guess you can say Denver looks the same. Portland kind of looks the same, but Nurkic is still hurt. Right. We'll get into all this a little bit later, but, like, you start thinking, like, all these teams are going to be new. Yeah. And, and that's part of this free agency, like, how wild it's been. Yeah. I mean, like, half this league signed with what felt like a new team. Another thing to mention that I don't think we've quite hit on yet is that Okay, so Anthony Davis, young, good young player. LeBron James is 35 years old. Yeah. You, if you're the Clippers, you get both these guys 28 and 29 years old. Mm-hmm. Just in the middle of their prime. About to start their prime. I would say you feel good about the next three or four years of their contracts. Like, you feel great about them. Right. Barring some crazy injury for both these guys, and they've kind of both been through that already with Paul mm-hmm. George's leg injury and then Kawhi's leg Hamstring, whatever, whatever happened. Uh, you know, that injury, whole deal with San Antonio and the whole really domino to set this whole thing into effect. And you get these guys, awesome deals, awesome age. Like, this is a contender for years now, what you would think. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we, we thought Golden State was a 10-year dynasty. Yeah. But, I mean, that ended this year. Uh, so a lot can change, but man, as it stands, this could be a. If you're looking just for the next three, four years, this could be it. Clippers, yeah. And talking about the Clippers, then it seems like we can't talk about them without also talking about the Lakers and this just <laughs> dumpster fire of a free agency period they've gone through. You you acquired AD, so you're still you still won, but on some level, you thought you had Kawhi. And he just walked across the hall with a double bird. Like, <laughs> just, nope. <laughs> Not today. That's, like, you're, on some level, like, the Lakers, you're fine. You got AD, and, yeah, LeBron's older, but, like, the dude in his sleep puts up 28 and 8. Right. Right? So, like, he's, he's still fine. He's still really, really, really good and still a top 10 player in the league. So, we're still at that point. But this obviously would have put them over the top the same way it's putting the Clippers over the top of everyone else. So, yeah, you are... 
I can't really say taking a step back because that implies you were there, like you were somewhere. <laughs> you in their minds they were they were above everyone else or, or a step farther, but obviously not. No, they were they were neck and neck with the Clippers. Yeah, uh, I mean, like like I said earlier, maybe you shouldn't be so public about your, you know, reported courting of said Kawhi. He's having he's having dinner with with Genie Bus. He's having dinner with Magic Johnson. Oh, it went so well. Again, what do we know about Kawhi? Not a lot because he doesn't talk about this stuff. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that works with LeBron, right? Like that work clearly mm-hmm. worked with LeBron. It doesn't work with everyone. It's like yeah. you got to change your approach with these players. Like you are yes, you are the Lakers. You are one of the most notable brands in all of sports. One of the most rich brands in sports, but some it doesn't matter to some players. Yeah. Like, what are you now? Not yeah. then. Back then, what mm-hmm. are you now in this moment? And the Lakers are a dumpster fire, like you said. And I think that obviously stood out to Kawhi. It did. And and again, we get back to the point of like competency. You run the right <laughs> way. Do you do the right things? Do you make smart decisions? Do you hire a head coach? And then basically make a statement saying we're also hiring another coach that's going to replace him when we fire him in February. Like, the Clippers? No, we have Doc Rivers. The Lakers? Here's Frank Vogel for four months. Like, the like they can't even get their head coaching situation right. Right? So, like, Kawhi's like, I don't know who I'm playing for. I have no idea who in the hell I'm playing with because we got, like, three guys signed right now. And, by the way, I, I want to make this point. Kawhi would have been the best player on that Lakers team. So this is one of my biggest points where like, I think he didn't go there. And, you know, we've heard some reporting, like, up until, like, you know, an, a day or so ago, like, the Lakers were still right there with the Clippers in his consideration. But I I have to think, like, this played into it. If he goes to L.A., the, the Lakers, you're right. Like, he may be the best out of those three players right now, but he ain't going to get treated like it. Right. You, you don't go to L.A. where LeBron's already been there a year and all he's doing out there in L.A. with all the movies and all the, the publicity he has. Like, he's the guy. Anthony Davis got traded for before you, and now it's you. That's that's a very different than this situation with the Clippers where he's he's the dude and he brought someone with him. He brought his, his sidekick, his buddy. This one, like... You you have to step into what the Lakers have, right? And that I I don't think that would have fl- like like been okay with Kawhi, because very clearly he's like I don't need anybody, right? I can drag <laughs> Kyle Lowry <laughs> through the playoffs and and win. Yeah, I mean like you would have to think his group would have talked about that as like you want to be one of his biggest like issues with being in San Antonio is that no one knew him. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you go win a championship with Toronto, everyone knows you now. Yeah. That's not an issue. So, going back to going to LA, what would that look like for you? Would you just be the person who everyone blames when you don't play 20 games mm-hmm. in a season and LeBron's out there trying to put up 28 and 8, trying to carry Alex Caruso to yeah. a freaking win in a crucial game? Like, uh, like what, what does that look like and how does that look like and do you want to do you want to deal with finals level media availability every single game every single game and the answer is probably no 
Like, yeah. I, if it were me, it would be no. I would rather go play for the Clippers and, by the way, get a really nice player. <laughs> like, yeah. go that route. Like, you don't have to deal with it. You are the dude, but you also don't have to have all the publicity with it. Yeah, I think it's a, a great point. Even, like, Ramona Shelbourne mentioned, um, like, guys like JaVale McGee and others, like, that were in there this past year with the Lakers, like, they were, like, visibly frustrated with the fact, like, they couldn't get to, like, their locker because the media scrum around LeBron and everything that's always going on with the Lakers. Like, there were just so many people, like, they couldn't get to their locker. Like, they were having to sit, like, a locker or two down and just, like, reach over into their locker to get their stuff. Like, that just gets frustrating having all these distractions, everyone around them all the time. Like, Lakers practice is constantly filled with reporters. You know, the moment practice gets done, interview, 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 like, Everything you do in LA for the Lakers is like front page news. I know no one reads the newspaper anymore, but front page news. <laughs> I mean that that's a great point. Like you think LeBron, like or someone like I don't know, some blogger reporter, like LeBron doesn't like, gets out that he's not happy with Kawhi. That's gonna be a headline for yeah fifteen days. Or Kawhi's not happy with LeBron because he just decided in the fourth quarter he's like I'm taking every shot. Yeah. I'm gonna close this game. Kawhi's like, no, look at this matchup I got. Right, and and it doesn't work out because in theory that that threesome they could have had with LeBron, Kawhi, and AD, like someone would have had a mismatch on every single absolutely, play. and it's just find them and at their spot and let them do their thing, their literal MVP caliber thing, and there's no guarantees that would have happened. And, and Kawhi, like in this different situation now. Every single time, he's going to get that ball. It doesn't matter if it's a quote-unquote good matchup or or not. You learn with superstars. There's no such thing as a bad shot <laughs> as long as you make it. But, you know, it's just one of those, like, that That just never made sense to me. Why would Kawhi go step into a role where he he's kind of forced to be the third guy? And then it's literally just, like, vet minimums around you. Right. Like It just didn't make sense for what Kawhi has shown to do well in or or like. So Paul George being like his right-hand man and then depth seems much more fitting along with all we've talked about, like how do you run your franchise? Just seems so much better of a fit with the Clippers, really looking at it now. Of course, at the time when we were talking about where is he going to go, speculation, all that, we didn't have the Paul George piece right? We didn't, of all this. Cause, so that obviously very much changes things, but it's reality now. Absolutely. It, it's part of it. And for the Lakers, you know, you feel spurned twice now because <laughs> you were recruiting Paul George and he didn't even give you a meeting. That's everything to me is that this dude said no to a meeting and then is immediately a year later traded to your rival. The Clippers, like, and it, he's like, yeah, I want to go there. Like, I'm going to force my way out of Oklahoma City because I want to go to there, the Clippers. And it's in a spot where the Lakers, like, they can't trade for him right like they had nothing left yeah no assets after that ad trade and it's just like man like i get you make the deal for ad 10 times out of 10 mm-hmm. but like it just leaves you with nothing absolutely yeah. nothing and it's a tough place to build from and the lakers have that reality now going forward it's the price of having lebron and co like yeah. whoever like throw in d wade bosh or even going back to Cleveland, Kyrie and Kevin Love. Yeah. And and so, all right. So, 
the Lakers, they eventually have to come to terms with this idea like, Kawhi, he, he didn't choose you. You, <laughs> you were not the one. All right, you know what? Is what you and I were saying all along is they need to split that money up. You got 30-ish million dollars. From the beginning, we said split it up and, and go build a team here. And they chose not to do it. You eventually got to a point where you're like, well, we can't back out of this Kawhi sweepstakes now. And they were, they were there. They were in the running for it. But it ultimately didn't happen. So it's like, you know, you got 30, 32 million dollars. Use that to build a really good team. Use it wisely. <laughs> and I mean, before Woj like had a chance to like hop on SportsCenter to break this deal down, they reportedly signed Danny Green, Contavious Caldwell Pope, JaVale McGee, and it's like to like money money. Like not like minimums or like little like small exceptions. Like they're signing Danny Green to like a two for thirty deal. Because they were trying to outbid the Mavericks for him. Well, like, that would be the thing, is to, like, essentially punt your cap space to next year, right? Like, you know, the the free agency cost's not great next yeah. year, but you feel like you could maybe get a 2B star. And, yeah. And that's what you would need. Um, or even to be able to trade some of these guys, and maybe they end up trading. But, like, you're right. They just went and spent so much money. Like, like, what are you doing? Like, was Danny Green really worth it? Maybe it's like he was the highest rated free agent left, and we just needed to go get him, and we needed wing depth. Like, I could understand that, and he had a deal of three years, $36 million from Dallas. So maybe hitting that two-year 30 number is, you know, what finally set him over to the, to the Lakers. But man, you're paying Danny Green something like $14, 15000000 million next year. That's tough. You're paying Contavious Caldwell Pope a two-year, sixteen million dollar deal, eight million. So that's eight million dollars next year. That's yikes. <laughs> Again, we need the same idea. Threw it out there last pod. Who are you bidding against? <laughs> Who is giving Contavious Caldwell Pope eight million dollars a year? Nobody, because no one else has that space to. You know, it's crazy. What three billion dollars went in the first like forty-eight hours of? Yeah, uh, free agency, and all these guys you signed, none of them went in that first 48 hours. Doesn't that send you a sign? Okay, maybe we should reevaluate what we're doing like, here. Like, Rob Palenka should have pulled KCP and Rich Ball into his office and be like, look, we will give you like a two-year, $10 million contract. We ain't giving you a two for 16. Men, go find a better deal. And they would have been back in his office the next day. It would have been. Like, what are you doing here? Oh, JaVale McGee, you want a two-year, $8 million contract, so about $4 million a year? Go find a deal. Go find a deal and come talk to me. He was and, on a vet minimum last year. Like, come on. Why are you paying him $4 million a year and giving him a player option in the second year? Who the hell is giving JaVale McGee $4 million a year and a player option? Who's doing that? The Knicks are even like, nah, we ain't doing that. What What are you doing, LA? Like, that, like those two contracts alone, that's $12 million next year. That could have been like four players. And all you got is KCP and JaVale McGee. What are you doing here? Oh, you going to bring back Rondo? Cool. Hey, guys, we signed Quinn Cook to a two-year, $6 million deal. Uh, okay. Uh, we going to bring back Alex Caruso for, like, 
Almost three million dollars a year. <laughs> Two and a half million dollars a year. What are oh, are we gonna bring in Boogie for like three million a year? Because no one else wanted Boogie. What does that say about Boogie? <laughs> like right? Red flags. So is Javel McGee gonna start over Boogie? <laughs> I mean, you're paying him more, <laughs> right? We we are in an NBA in 2019 where Javale McGee is getting paid more money than Boogie Cousins to be the starting center for the LA Lakers. Like, let that sink in. Can you imagine telling that to like a Kings or like even a Pelicans fan like two or three years ago? They're like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the most outrageous thing I've ever heard. That's the reality the Lakers are living in now. This is how damaging Kawhi was to their psyche. They were just like, the, Rob Pelinkos is mindlessly sitting at his desk, just like signing, signing contracts. <laughs> Rich Paul's just sliding deals in front of him. And Rob Pelinkos not even reading it. He's like, yo, just screw it. <laughs> that's, that's everything to me. And, like, don't you think, like, uh, you know, Rob Polinka would have called the Pelicans, been like, "Hey, how'd that Boogie AD thing work out yeah. for you guys?" Apparently, yeah, AD is like recruiting, like and telling like LeBron, like, "No, nah, let's bring Boogie in." Like, this is like a real like report. Like, I'm not just like spewing crap like right now. And they eventually did it. It's like, oh yeah, you brought AD to LA to help recruit Boogie Cousins. Oh my god, here, like this is where you're at. So it's like, this is the price you pay for waiting on Kawhi and missing. It, you know, if he if he hits. You're still in a pretty similar situation. You're still having to fill out this team with who? Really? <laughs> yeah. But now that you've missed in having to do it and overpaying for guys now, like this is just crushing for the Lakers. Knowing what it could have been and knowing where you're at right now. Like Rondo's, I mean, unless LeBron's playing point guard, which is rumored to be a, a possibility, like Rondo's your starting point guard again. You we back on this Javale like we just said it's your starting center again. You you so, gonna have to like really like Quinn Cook has to be like a like a real real player for this team. <laughs> so we're running out Rondo, Danny Green, LeBron, Kuz, and AD. Yeah, that that's as it stands right now. Unless yeah. you're running Boogie, AD, LeBron, Danny Green, and. Rondo, Rondo. Or Cook or something. Man, yeah. that's a that's a oof. You can you can't play boogie more than like fifteen minutes a game. At this point, not really. So this is this is tough because Boogie isn't giving anything on the defensive side. Anthony Davis obviously is a great defender, but you know, it is he gonna have to carry such load on offense as like I can't make up for all this. LeBron doesn't play defense anymore, except for, like, the moments, like, the very rare moments where he actually has to, like, in the fourth quarter. His playoff mode. And Danny Green, like, he, let's not act like Danny Green's 28. Yeah. Dan, Danny Green's getting up there, too, and this is his last big contract. Like, right. I think he's, like, 34 or something. I don't know. We've been saying about that for J.J. Reddick for the last, like, yeah, five years, but, it feels like. J.J. Reddick doesn't play defense. Danny Green does. And Rondo ain't playing defense. Like, Quinn Cook ain't playing defense. Kuzma sure as heck not playing Kuzma's defense. Kuzma's not playing defense. KCP's not playing defense. JaVale McGee's not playing defense. He just jumps at everything. That's not playing defense. <laughs> like, who who's playing defense on this team? Like, are you going to actually have to play Jared Dudley? Like, legit, like, 15, 20 minutes a game? Is that is that where you're at? Because it might be. Ben Simmons is trash. <laughs> you can trash talk all you want, Jared Dudley. It's, I don't know how well it's going to work. So you like need to go still find a couple minimum guys. Obviously, like you still have a roster spot or two. 
you, you can only do minimum deals. That's really all, all you have left. But you're competing with like the Clippers, Philly, Houston, maybe even still like Miami, Boston, like other teams, Brooklyn still, looking to fill out like their bench with guys like, hey, look, come here and, and let's let's take a run at this thing. Golden State, heck, has like a million open roster spots. Right. In a later episode, we can talk more about them, <laughs> um, where they're going. But like you're competing with all these teams for like these very valuable minimum free agent guys that we threw out earlier with the Clippers, but like those same guys apply to you too. You need to like get out there and, and really push to get them, but you can't offer more than the minimum. You just got to hope the allure of LA and LeBron is enough. Yeah. And maybe it will be, but, but man, this is nothing like they thought they would have been in. Yeah. I mean, like going from AD LeBron and Kawhi to AD and LeBron plus minimum guys is like you said earlier, it's a tough pill to swallow. Almost tough as having to trade PG away. It's a tough blow to swallow, but you still have an awesome pairing and like, there's not really a super team. So you have to feel good. You'd have to feel like you're a, three or four yeah. at this point it's all duos now yeah so you feel like you, you you may still feel like you have the best duo in the league so you just hope it works out you can get through enough games with that bench to to get you in the playoffs and then let's just see what happens in the playoffs and that's not a terrible mindset you're right it's still probably a top four seed assuming reasonable good health and i think that's still like a good progress from where the lakers were last year not making the playoffs but it may not be where lakers fans and laker management and ownership wants them to be and you start wondering okay well what starts happening then i mean lebron's going into his second year of this deal he only Mm -hmm. has years three and four left and he's getting older so the reality might come quicker than lakers fans and management want to face but you gotta start making it happen yeah now like, it's a win-now mode, and they're not really in... Like, the roster doesn't match that. Yeah. Unless LeBron's just pulling off some more playoff magic. I mean, I mean, he won't do win a championship with, like, Matthew Delvadova. Like, <laughs> this dude can do anything. It's just... Him and J.R. Smith were, like... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, anything is possible for him, but... But, man, it... That would be everything. not what they wanted. Everything if, like, he got JR ended up on the Lakers <laughs> before the season started. He just gets bought out. It would be amazing. Comes. So last last team in all of this that we need to hit on, we've hit on the Clippers, we hit on the Thunder, we got through the Lakers bit. Now here we are with Toronto. So this entire pro- Kawhi process, I, it was still worth it. It You won a championship. So you, you won your first one. Yeah, you're you're in a tough spot because you, the free agent situation LA is facing. You're you're also facing it, but it's it's not as damning to you as it is to LA. Like they they need guys. Toronto, you're like you can you can ride this high for a while. I think. right. You can take a victory lap of yeah. the season, and no one's gonna be like, oh well. Toronto is really sucking this year. There, there's no letdown for Toronto this year. Like you won the championship, yeah. you're gonna ride that all year. You, you still might be able to make the playoffs, just depending on how you want to treat this season. But if you want to blow it up, I feel like people are like you know what Kawhi left. You were probably gonna blow blow it up last year if Kawhi hadn't come. Yeah, let's blow it up. You could just keep the team. Be like, 
we're shooting for the playoffs and fight for that seventh or eighth spot in the in the East. And people will be like, great, let's do that. Or you can make some deadline moves and and try and you know move up in the lottery a little bit like the like the Lakers did or the Grizzlies did or the Pelicans did. And people would be like, that's fine. That's you, you gave it a good try. Give it the old college try. And here we are now. I, I think like literally anything that plays out for the Raptors this year, the fans are gonna be like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, we won the championship. I mean, that's the beauty of the Kawhi deal originally to make it. It was like your risk was, okay, he walks, but we would be in the same situation. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, if he stays, awesome. We just got a superstar yeah. for next to nothing. Uh, and, like, he ended up walking, but, like, they still have some really good players they can flip, like mm-hmm. you said. And if they want to take a victory up, they can do that. And probably make the playoffs because the East is going to suck at the bottom again this year. Yeah, that, that eight spot is going to be a gruesome battle to watch teams fight for. Is Blake Griffin going to take one hobbled leg and Thon Maker to the... Goodness. Uh, my, <laughs> hey, go, go trade for Kyle Lowry or something. Um, so with the Raptors, like, I mean, Lowry could very much be available. He's going to the last year of his deal. Marcus All opted into that player option last year of his deal. Surge has one last year. So somehow we're finally getting into that Surge contract. They can all be traded if you want, or you can run it back. Throw, throw those guys back out there with Pascal and Van Fleet and Norm Powell, OG Ananobi. And, you know, that's a solid seven guys. You kind of fill out the rest of that team, and you're, you're feeling all right. But I feel like you could get some for Lowry and Gasol and Ibaka if you were – for a playoff contender yeah. at the trade deadline, absolutely. Would yeah. Orlando Magic not kill for Kyle Lowry? I thought you were going to say Serge Ibaka. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be me, everything to me if he gets traded back to Orlando. Um, like, you could probably get, I don't know, Mo Bamba out of it. You might not love Mo Bamba, but, like, yeah. it's an asset. Um, there are plenty of teams who would love to have Marc Gasol. Would the Lakers not have love to have Marc Gasol? Yeah. You know, and by the... By that time, all these deals they've signed, like they would be tradable. But again, like, is, any, is there anything anyone wants? I don't know about that. But you're right. I get the the idea. Like there are going to be teams who are going to want these guys. Can they make the trade happen? Right. But I, we've seen some creative stuff this free agency. So why not carry that into the season towards the trade deadline when teams are desperate? Desperate yeah. teams do desperate things. Yeah, and like it's a perfect time to have those assets and tradable mm-hmm. contracts. Like you listed off three one-year deals. So mm-hmm. essentially, if you make a trade at the trade deadline, you have those guys for three months and the playoffs. Yep. And that literally costs you a pick. Okay, like you're fine with yeah giving up that pick if you're actual contender because it's not going to be a good pick anyway. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, you know, like Miami. Miami's yeah. Miami's gonna want one of the, like these guys or or something. You you can even uh, attach like a, a badish contract and like a good player you have to like kind of make this work. There are going to be teams out there. If Toronto wants to get a deal done for one of them, they can get it done. If they want to run it back with what they've got left, they can run it back. Like this is this is just such a win-win. Yeah, you didn't get Kawhi, so it's not the the grandest outcome out of this whole situation. But there is no losing, I think, for Toronto. Here. Absolutely, and good for them for winning a chip. Like through all this, that we had the if it's like the season ended, 
they won the championship and then we immediately had the draft and then we had all the free agency like rumors and news and speculation and then all this garbage happened the last like <laughs> week and then the Kawhi signing like it's so easy to forget like it was like three weeks ago we were like man Toronto just won a national uh, NBA <laughs> championship yeah uh, a continental championship <laughs> uh, and and they lost Kawhi. It's like, no, they they accomplished exactly what they wanted to accomplish in that trade. You, you can build Kawhi a statue if you want. You can retire DeMar DeRozan's number, but you made out of it. Right. You made out of it all right. And it doesn't even seem like DeMar DeRozan's longed for San Antonio. So it's like, it's not even like San Antonio's walking away with this great haul either. You did a good deal. And at the end of the day, you got to feel fine about it. Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of leads us into like our last last bit. I know we've we've been going for a bit, but this is just such a a ripple effect trade throughout the teams involved, whether they wanted to be involved or not, um, and then everyone else too. Because well, the West is a gauntlet again. <laughs> we thought we had like some balance, like oh, the East has a has a good top four or five teams, and and the West like yeah, they're still deep, but it's really the top two three teams. Well, shout out to the Jazz for being the best team in the West for like a week and a half. Everyone was picking them to win the West. They got Mike Conley. Ooh, they went and signed Boyan Bogdanovich. Like, we were high on it, too. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm mocking us also. Yeah. But Clippers just shut that down. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, with that Clippers, uh, like, defensive Pat Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, and PG. Is anybody scoring? On the if, Clippers if, at if all. the Jazz and Clippers get to the Western Conference Finals, it's the final be, score is going to be like 64 to 61. That has to be like the NBA nightmare, right? Like two like somewhat irrelevant franchises. Like, yeah, you have superstars, but like the, you really want the Utah Jazz and like the Los Angeles Clippers in your semifinals for a championship? <laughs> for the sake of just like laughing at the NBA, like... What the hell is going on out here? Like, Could you imagine a Jazz, Clippers, Milwaukee, I don't know, who would make it from the East? Indiana. Indiana or something like that. The most, like, <laughs> like the most, like, whatever teams that have ever been created oh, in the NBA. Like, that, that would just be one hilarious, like, and there's a semi-realistic possibility of this happening. Yeah. Because the Jazz could be one of those teams, like, even if you don't love the Jazz in terms of the playoffs, that team's going to win 50-plus games yeah. in the regular season. Like, they're going to get a really high seed in the in the playoffs. But even before then, okay, let's just think about this for a moment here. And this kind of then gets them back into the OKC thinking of what should they do. All right, you've got the Clippers and the Jazz. You've got the Lakers, the Rockets, the Blazers, the Nuggets, and probably still the Warriors. I just said seven teams right there. There's only eight playoff spots. So, <laughs> um, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Sacramento, Minnesota, Dallas, New Orleans. Those are like six legit teams fighting for the eighth slot. Realistically, if OKC runs it out with what they acquired in Paul George trade and doesn't do any more deals, it's the Spurs in Oklahoma City and maybe Sacramento. But man, like... I'm not betting the Spurs are going to miss the playoffs. Not until I actually see it happen. Death taxes and the Spurs, Matt. I tell you, it's very real. Bar obviously we saw barring no significant major injuries, but you know, for like Oklahoma City or some of these teams, like 
or the or the Nuggets even like you're feeling really good. You were the two seed last year. You might be back at seven. <laughs> and it's yeah. nothing you did wrong. Right. It's just everyone else is like stepping up. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be that 2016 season where like the two through eight were or two through nine were like uh, half a game away yeah. from each other. It feels like that kind of season in the West where it's like, man, the Rockets could be the three, but if they lose like two games in a row, it could be down yeah. to the eight. Like it's just that those that random weird Tuesday night games like in Salt Lake. It's like those games are going to super matter. Yeah, maybe on a back to back, but that game's going to matter, and you're going to get up for that game. And those type of things, like, they're going to be there all the time. From day one of the NBA season to all the end of game 82, like, literally every Western Conference matchup matters because that could be the tiebreaker. Right. You're making the playoffs, missing the playoffs, getting the six seed, getting the three seed. Like, like literally, it's going to be the thinnest of margins. Don't lose to the Pelicans or Suns. <laughs> Like, you lose to one of those teams, yeah. you could be out of the playoffs. Yeah. It's so real. Like, <laughs> it just shows to get, like, the West is so deep. Like, really, like, only teams I'm counting out in the West right now are, are Phoenix and Memphis. That's yeah. it. Everyone else, like, you know, maybe it's an off chance, but, like, there's still, like, a minimal chance, like, you make the playoffs. Like, that's incredible to say, like, you got 13 teams that are could make the playoffs in the West. I mean, that's uh, optimal for the NBA, too. In terms of ratings and getting mm-hmm. people to watch early on in the seasons, like no, like every game does matter. It very like, much. It's does. an eighty-two game season, but you have to watch every game because there's parity in the league for mm-hmm. what feels like for the first time in a long yeah. time. Oh, it's hard not to think the Clippers are the obvious obvious favorite, but it until they actually do it, it doesn't feel like the Golden State level of obviousness. Yeah, that they were just gonna walk to the championship and. You face whoever, LeBron. In this case, it was Kawhi this year, or, or whatever it is. It was just almost inevitable. It maybe feels that way with Kawhi and the Clippers, but until we see it, we can't fully have that same level. And so that's why it's like it's it's open. This is why Utah makes the deals they make. It's why Steve Balls Balmer <laughs> goes and makes these deals. It's open. You gotta take it because you're just gonna walk into it. Yeah. So then in the East, because this does have an effect in the East too, because Toronto, we were kind of like, ooh, a little balance. Toronto's got Kawhi Leonard, and he's gone again. (laughs) So we're very clearly going to have Giannis, Milwaukee up there, and then probably Philly with what they've done this offseason. Yeah, unless Um, something goes weird, which uh, feels like it could. It's Philly. (laughs) But let's, let's just assume they have a... Sure. A high level of, of regular season success. All right, so you got a couple top teams in the East again. Great. And then in some order, you're going to have like a wait-and-see period for Brooklyn, Boston, Indiana, Miami, maybe Toronto if they want to go for it. Oh, all right, same thing as the West. I just said seven teams right there. <laughs> and you can have a few teams like the Pistons, maybe the Magic, maybe the Hawks fighting for that eight spot. That that's still like a really at least competitive top six or seven in the East too. Like maybe it's not championship level from from most of that top six or seven, but it's it's tough playoff basketball night in night out for a lot of those teams. Yeah, I mean like it, you just mentioned 
those three teams at the end, Pistons, Magic, and Hawks, like, every night is going to be their playoffs. Like, you mentioned, like, the West getting these easy teams to come play to them. Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't have that in the East necessarily. Like, you have some of the, like, you have the Washington Wizards of the world who just aren't, like, whatever. The Charlotte Hornets of the world, sure. And I think, like, I feel like the best about the Hawks going into the season with the way Trey yeah. Young has developed and the draft, they the just draft had. they just had and some of the pieces that go- have going forward, you feel really good about it because the Pistons like didn't look good going into the end of last season. The Magic barely made the playoffs. Yeah, and like they haven't really done anything to their rosters to suggest they can be more than what they were last season. And staying. Just pat where you are usually means you're getting lapped. Yeah, yeah, and by someone. NBA. Yeah, and like the Hawks have a really good opportunity to make a playoffs in the second year of a rebuild. Yeah, and like feel really good about where they're at, and they might get bounced in four games, but your guys, young guys, are getting that experience. Yeah. Switching gears back up to Philly for just a minute. I know they didn't know what was happening with Kawhi, and like. With, with what all was going to be happening in the Paul George thing, but that's why you go make the moves you make. Go getting Al Horford, signing and trading Jimmy Butler, not just having him walk somewhere and getting Josh Richardson back, bringing back Tobias Harris, and then just hoping that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid investment pays off and filling out the rest of your roster best you can. Like this is this is why you go make those big time moves though, because you never know when something's going to open up. And you go for it. Because we talked about it last couple podcasts. Philly, they probably feel like they were right there to win a championship last year. If that Kawhi shot over Embiid, just bounces the other way. So, you know, it's one of those, it goes back to the same idea. Like, you, you feel like you've built your team well. You've got some assets. You feel like you can pull the trigger on a on a good big trade that that really changes the landscape of your team and and your outlook. You do the deal and trust that you figure it out. I mean, and Philly's kind of done the same thing. I didn't like it as much because I don't like the fit quite as much, but they've done it. Maybe it's different enough to throw the rest of the league off, but but they're there. Yeah, I mean, like they're they're gonna be ultra competitive and. They definitely possibly. I mean, they they saw an outline which Kawhi did not return to Toronto, and now they clearly have a chance at possibly playing for a championship. Granted, you have a Giannis-sized yeah thing to get through, and traditionally, that in the regular season, Philly has not been good against uh, Milwaukee, but that was last year. You got Al Horford. You got supposed Al. Giannis stopper. Yeah, they, they did look good in the five games. I was about to say them, they, did, they must have watched like the last couple years tape of Al Horford guarding Giannis because it did not look good. I only watched game one of this year's playoffs. <laughs> After that, they were like, the "Oh yeah, they got him." Like, nope. uh, you should probably watch a little bit more than that. And Matt, Ooh. do you want to talk about anything else? We just talked about a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, there was, there's so much to this. That's that's just the thing is like there there genuinely is like yeah and this is why like we've been saying for the last few days like we have to wait on him we were wanting to do like a little podcast a couple of days ago like just kind of updating like some of the things that have been happening it's like we just got to wait on Kawhi it's that important it it truly is and obviously like it's shaking things up and the Paul George 
bit obviously makes it even more intense. But Kawhi, Kawhi's delivered yet again. Yeah, Kawhi's a man of the people. He is. Boardman got paid. Boardman got paid. Got his buddy paid. <laughs> yeah, and here we go. Like the NBA season. Let's go watch some summer league. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, and like get into it. Well, uh, rest in peace to Zion summer league. Oh. Also, by the way, Nets, what the, what the literal hell are you doing sending Jarrett Allen to summer league? I know. Can we talk so about that for a second? Like he's out, reportedly out for summer league. He shouldn't be at summer league. Shouldn't have even been there, except as like a visitor. Did like Kyrie like tell him to go to summer league? Is that <laughs> what? Prove your worth. <laughs> um, yeah, too bad for Zion. Not being able to play, but he. Oh, I mean, good lord! Did you see Kevin? He eviscerated Kevin Knox. <laughs> ended him. That's uh, hilarious. But I mean, like, yeah, summer leagues are right around, and uh, August training camp starts. Yeah, and I can't. Then, I can't wait now for the for the different podcasts we're gonna get to do over the next few weeks of kind of figuring out where like where the these teams are standing at the quote unquote end of free agency. Like to me, this is like the major end of free agency. Yeah. From now, it's just fringe moves. So over the next few weeks, kind of figure out where these teams are, like what what we expect from from the league going forward, and and maybe try and do some deep dives because we we were starting to get a little in there with the Hawks and and stuff. And we came into the Kawhi Leonard podcast and we ended on the Hawks. Um, Traditional calcium podcast. <laughs> that's just the epitome of it. <laughs> Come for Kawhi Leonard and end on man. I really like the Atlanta Hawks draft. <laughs> where we're at. It's it's that's what uh, you know people love us for. We're gonna get uh, famous for Matt. Shout out to the people. Shout out we're man, we're men of the people. There we go. Thank you so much for listening to Couch GM Podcast episode forty. Forty episodes, Matt. Yikes. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at NBA Couch GM Pod, and you can also follow us at on Instagram at Couch GM Podcast Podcast typed out. Uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you haven't already, like I mentioned at the top of the show, please leave a, a rating or a review. We would greatly appreciate that on whatever platform or service you choose. Um, we will be back. I don't know when we'll be back. We'll probably be back a week, week from now. Uh, episode 41. Uh, I can't believe we're 40 episodes into this podcast, Matt. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. We'll see you back next week. Rest in peace to Paul George and Oklahoma City Thunder jersey. Yeah.